Now, uh, today, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, I am a, uh, I'm a proud father of three children. Uh, my youngest son is three months old. It's been a, it's been a big, big year. Uh, now that we have three kids under the age of five, it is uh, beautiful chaos in the house. Right. Yeah, every single day. It's just our Sharon, yeah. Uh, and the reason I shave my hair all the time is because all the white hairs are on the side. So that is why. Um, but yeah, um, being a parent for the last four and a half years has taught me a lot of lessons and a lot of perspective about um, how God views us. And how, uh, and how I view God and, he, and how He has changed a lot of my perspective just because of life. From life, I actually learned a lot of valuable lessons even from parenthood. As an imperfect parent, I actually have learned a lot of lessons of what it is, who God is as a perfect father. And how we can respond to Him as little children because He considers all of us His children. Now, so the title of my message today is The Childlike and the Childish. Yes, and I even wanted to put a childish slide on, but uh, this is the best I could do. Um, so the childlike and the childish. Uh, there is a big difference between childlike and being childish, right? We cannot mix the two of them together, even though at any one time we can be actually both. <laughs> Right? Um, for those of you who have kids, you know exactly what, I, what I'm saying. Right. So I want to start off with a passage of Scripture. It's a very famous passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 10, verse 13 to 15. So we read it together. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could teach and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples, and said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. It's a very famous passage of Scripture, isn't it? We, we know the verse 14 when Jesus said, Let the children come to me. We, we heard of this passage of Scriptures again and again. Um, I want to bring to you two things from this passage of Scripture. First thing is actually the start of the Scripture at verse 13. The parents brought their children to Jesus. Do you know one thing that I am so grateful to God for is that my parents brought me to Jesus. My parents brought me to Jesus even as a young child. Even though I'm kicking and screaming, I don't want to go to church. My parents brought me to church, right? It's a non-negotiable, non-negotiable, right? Now, I may not have the full concept of what God is or who God is. I just know the stories from the Bible. But God worked on me through the years when my parents dragged me to church because my parents wanted to bring me to Jesus so that He could teach me and bless me. All right? So I want to encourage every parent today that it is our role to bring our kids to Jesus. We cannot trust the church to bring everything to them. It is our job to bring them to Jesus. And how do we bring kids to Jesus? Every day, we pray with them. We bring them to church. We don't have to shove doctrine into them, but we just have to expose them to Jesus. And the problem was that I, I commend the parents for bringing the, their children to Jesus. It wasn't the kids that come running to Jesus. The parents brought the kids to Jesus. So I want to encourage, it is our role as parents to bring our kids to Jesus. All right? And... Um, 
And Jesus was so angry with his disciples for stopping the parents from bringing their kids to Jesus. So let this revelation sink in that it is our role to bring our kids. And I also want to encourage and actually commend every single volunteer in this church that's working in under the kids' ministry because you guys are doing such a great job. You do not know the impact you're doing to all the kids that we have at Kids Church, and I'm sure half of them are right there right now ministering to our little kids. I just want to honor, I just want to honor publicly every volunteer that's working in Kids Church right now because you are sowing something that is eternal, and you will never know when God is going to bring that into fruition. The, the other thing I want to say from this passage of Scripture is what Christ says in verse 15, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Have you ever wondered what that is? Have you ever wondered what that means? I can tell you two things. What is the kingdom of God? And what does it mean to receive the kingdom of God? Jesus said in another, in another scripture, says the kingdom of God is in you. How does the kingdom of God become in us? Because of Jesus. Jesus equals the kingdom of God. Because Jesus has come so that he can build his kingdom inside of us. Instead of a temple, instead of a building, instead of some religious practice. And God desires us to receive Christ and his kingdom like a child. And have you thought about what it means to receive it like a child? I always wondered about this subject until I have children of my own. And I still can't really understand what goes on in the mind of a child, but I have a little bit of understanding or a little bit of insight into what they think about. But receiving the kingdom of God like a child basically means approaching God like a child. right? So I can reflect back on how my kids approach me. All right. My kids do not need a ticket to come to see me. My kids do not need to draw a number like you get in the deli at Woolies. All right. My kids do not need an appointment to see me. My kids don't have to be dressed to see me. All right. In fact, sometimes they just run to me naked, stark naked. And it's like, put some clothes on. All right. Yeah. So we can approach to God. We can approach God just like how a child approaches a parent. Because it is simple. I can tell you three things of a person of a childlike faith. That we can approach God with simplicity, with the innocence of a child. We do not need any process. We do not need any religious practice. We do not need any ritual. We do not even need to get it all together in our heads when we come before God. It is simple, just like how a child approaches their parent. And those of us with kids, we know that when our kids approach us, they do not need any prerequisite. Sometimes when I'm tired, I'll say, buzz off, <laughs> right? Yep, I know, I know, there's a lot of perfect fathers here, but <laughs> buzz off, I'm too tired. Yep. But God is the perfect father. He will not say, buzz off, <laughs> all right? He will not say, come back on another day, all right? But it is the simplicity of a child. That, that is what God wants out of us when we come before Him with no, with no prerequisite. And that is the whole reason why Christ came to die for us, so that He can tear down the curtain of religion. He can tear down the veil of religion and religious practices so that we can have relationship with Jesus Christ. The second thing is security. 
when a child comes before her parent, they have the sense of security that their parent will not turn them away, right? I mean, we're talking about the good, the good, the good parents, like the bad parents like myself sometimes just say, what on earth, you're asking me this the 10th time and blah, 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 yeah. Um, but a child's security rests in the parent, not in terms of what they have or what they can do, but they can come before the parent with simplicity and security, knowing that his or her parent will never reject will never reject. They may correct, but they not, will not reject the child. So God expects us to come before Him with simplicity, secured in what Jesus thinks of us, not what we think of Jesus. Secured in what God thinks of us and what God has done for us, and with sincerity. That means we can come to God as we are. We do not need to have it all together. We do not need to be like what Jesus said in the scripture, a religious man coming before God and say, God, I've done all these things for you. Now I can stand before you. Or the other sinner that says, God, I'm a sinner. I need you. God prefers us to be humble and to be poor in spirit and to be sincere. I am so encouraged by the parable of the prodigal son. I, I think you all know the parable of the prodigal son. One son went to the pigs and came back and the other son was working in the fields and he got jealous. Right, he got unhappy. But both of them approached their father. Both of them never needed a ticket to talk to the father. Right? The father ran to the, the son who came back from the pigs, but the father also spoke to the other son. All right? They came as they are. They never ever needed to be someone else to come before God. So I want to encourage you today that when we come before God, it, can be, it is simple. It is secured in Jesus Christ, and it, we can be ourselves. And that is why we are in the presence of a loving Heavenly Father. So what is the beauty of a childlike faith? Scripture says in Psalm 116 verse 6, this is the Old Testament, that the Lord protects those of childlike faith. And I love the way the psalmist sort of, um, sort of encapsulates this whole thing where he says, I was facing death and he saved me. That's it. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah, because I was facing death because of my sin and God saved me. That is so simple, isn't it? It's, there's nothing complex about this. And having a childlike faith allows God to feed us with fresh revelation. Even in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus said, Thank you, Lord, for hiding these things from those who think themselves as wise and clever and revealing them to the childlike. So coming to God with a childlike faith allows God to nourish us. It invites God's protection. It invites God's fresh revelation. And as a result, it leads to nourishment of our spirit. So it's very important that we understand that we can come before God just like that and allow Him to build us, allow Him to mature us. Because I want to say right now that being childlike before God doesn't mean that we have to be childish before God. Because it is God's desire, whereas we can be childlike in our approach to Him, He wants us to mature, that we cannot be childish. Because you can, you, if I say, picture yourself, what, what is a childish person? I'm sure you have, a, you have a few names in mind and blah, 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 but don't tell me, all right? But... Uh, there's always one or two persons we know in our life who behaves quite childishly. 
Now, I can tell you from experience that a two-year-old having a little temper tantrum in the supermarket, lying on the floor, prostrate on the ground because they're not going to get their, their, their chocolate egg, might invite some sympathy, might invite some, oh, you poor, cute, poor thing, oh, oh poor parent. Um, <laughs> but if a 25-year-old man is on the ground in the supermarket throwing a temper tantrum because he can't get his chocolate, that's, that's calling the cops, isn't it? Right? All right. Yeah, it's funny, but the same thing in our Christian life. We have to grow. We're going to have times when we are childish because we are a young Christian. But if we are 20 years down the road and we are still doing the same temper tantrum, something's really wrong with us. Yeah, there is no congenital dwarfism in, 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 in Christianity, right? God didn't make us, give us a spiritual being for us to be dwarfs, right? Growing into maturity and fruitfulness. That's what the whole year was all about. That God wanted us to grow and to be fruitful. Now, it is the law of nature that only mature things bear fruit. There's no pregnant child and there is no seedling that has grown fruit. Right? So we have to grow and mature in order to be fruitful. There's no other way. That is the law of nature and that is also the spiritual law. Um, and so it is our task that when we come before God and we, with the childlike faith and God begins to nourish us, we can still remain childlike to God, but we cannot be childish in our behavior with God in due time. I know that even my, my father is like 65 years old, I can still come before him with, in simplicity, in security, and sincerity, right? But I can't be childish before him. Because it looks funny, okay? It just looks weird, right? So it's the same thing, that we can always have a childlike faith, but not being childish. So hopefully I've made it quite clear today that there is a big difference between childlike faith and being childish. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says like newborn babies, we crave pure spiritual milk so that we will grow into the full experience of salvation. He says to cry out for this nourishment now that you had had a taste of God's kindness. So what does this mean? It means that when we come before God and God delivers us and causes us to be born again, we are saved. But we still have to grow into the full experience of our salvation. Remember that we have to work on our salvation, not work for our salvation. Right? So there's a big difference. Our task is to work on our salvation so that we can grow into the full experience of our salvation and not working for our salvation. Because sometimes we get it all wrong and we started to work for our salvation again. Now that we have had a taste of the Lord's kindness, so God wants us to mature. God wants us to be fruitful. And I give you a bit of a background in the church in Corinth. I think you might have heard it preached a few times in this pulpit uh, from, uh, from our other very valued pastors that the church in Corinth, if you have a look at it, is struggling with a, a bad, bad case of immaturity. Bad, bad case, right? Because uh, immorality is rife in the church. 
uh, the church is just delving into sin, there is a lot, a lot of division. There was a lot, a lot of issues that had to be sorted out. I guess that's why we have First and Second Corinthians, because there's so much stuff Paul wants to talk to them about. Right? Uh, I don't know. That's just my speculation. Anyway. Um, but Paul said it again and again and again in First Corinthians about being childish. Right? So First Corinthians 13.11, he, he tells them that when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. Because he's trying to lay the groundwork, telling the church in Corinth that, look, you guys got to grow, man. You, you can't just have, you just can't stay where you are. And he says, dear brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your understanding of these things. What does it mean of these things? Because they were arguing about petty things. They were arguing about, um, you know, who, who can dress up, who can't dress up. Or how do you conduct? How do you conduct this? How do you conduct that? Things that don't matter. And he says, be innocent as babies when it comes to evil, but be mature in understanding matters of this kind. Matters of this kind, basically, he was inferring, if you read the scriptures before, is about things like speaking in tongues, prophecy. Uh, where, how do you lay order in a church? How do you lay order instead of chaos in the church? Because everybody's got their own view of everything. Right? It's not very different nowadays, isn't it? That we all have our own views, that we love to share our views on Facebook. We love to share our views on everything, right? Uh, but it's the same thing. It's the same problem back in those days in, in Corinth. It summarizes very well in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. This is basically spiritual childishness. So let's read together. Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would to spiritual people. I had to talk as though you belonged to this world or as though you were infants in the Christian life. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready, for you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove that you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like people of the world? Friends, this is spiritual childishness. All right? What is spiritual childishness? This is it. When we are still controlled by our sinful nature, and when we do not allow God to lead us on the path of righteousness and holiness and deal with the issues that we have in ourselves, and also when we start quarreling with each other. So what are the characteristics? As much as there is a characteristics of a childlike faith, there is a characteristics of a childish faith. What is a childish faith? Number one is always self-centered. It's always about me. It's always about my doctrines better than yours. So it's a, my, uh, my approach to God is better than yours. Uh, my style is better than yours. It's always self-centered instead of Christ-centered. And that was one of the problems in Corinth when everyone thinks that their speaking in tongues is more important than that person speaking in tongues. So there was so much division because there was so much self-centeredness in that church. Stubborn, not teachable. That's the other characteristics of the childish behavior. If you... Look back at your children, you know that when they are really, really childish, they're pretty stubborn, aren't they? Right? You, you tell them to do this and they say, no, no. They're their favorite one. No, no. And mine. Mine, 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 mine. And no, 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 no. Right? Mine, mine, mine. Self-centered. No, no, no. Stubborn. Right? And slanderous. You, 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 you. 
Right? Yeah, it's funny when you look at it on our children, but we, we see it so often in, our ch- in church. We see it so often in our own lives. I mean, it doesn't have to be church. We see it all the time in the community. Well, sometimes we are the ones that are being childish. Yeah, Sharon says she's got four kids at home. So, the math. I think there was a problem with the math somewhere. But um, Self-centered, stubborn, and slanderous. I pray that we will all grow out of this, right? That is, I know that we all have our journey and we all have issues and God is going to deal with us, deal with our childish ways because I'm equally as guilty as many others, right? And God, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to help us to develop a mature character yet still maintaining a childlike faith because the problem with many times when we become more mature, we try to complicate our little, complicate our faith. May we have that balance in our lives. I invite the musicians and the worship team to come. I just want to summarize today. Being childlike is simple. It's secured in Jesus Christ and is sincere in our approach. Being childish is self-centered, stubborn and slanderous. May we be people that will always have a simplicity of faith, secure in Christ, sincere in our approach to God, but yet we allow the Holy Spirit to help us to be less self-centered, to be more teachable, and that we will encourage unity instead of slander, because that was one of the biggest problems in the church in Corinth where the believers are arguing and quarreling with each other, which is no different from the world. And I pray that God will lead us on this journey. And I want to encourage you today, if you, if you always have a concept that God is so difficult to reach and that God is so far and that's, that you are not worthy or you're not qualified to come before God because you, have, you never got it right, I want to tell you today that God is saying that you can come as you are today and you can come and experience what it is to be in the arms of a loving Heavenly Father who will accept you as you are. All you need to do is remove all your preconceptions and come knowing that what Jesus done is enough. It is secured. And you can come as you are. For those of you who, for, for those of you who, who felt that I've never ever thought of it like this and I actually want to come to God as I am. I want to accept the gift that He has done. And I want to trust that what He's done is enough because when He says it's finished, it's finished. That we do not need to add another word. We do not need to add or subtract something else. That we can come as we are. As every head bowed and every eyes closed. Just for privacy. If, it, if this is you and you say that, look, I want to come as I am to God and I want to receive this gift in Jesus Christ that I can be restored into a relationship with Him instead of into a religion or instead of anything else. If this is you, all you need to, to do is say, God, I'm coming before you as I am. I, I, there's nothing that I need to do except just acknowledge that I'm coming to you, God, as I am. If this is you, would you raise your hand? Thank you. I see the hand. You can put your hand down now. Shall we all pray this prayer together to encourage that person who has put up 
put up the hand. So for the, for, for the one who has put up your hand, just repeat this prayer after all of us. Dear Jesus, I come before you as I am. I thank you that you have done it all for me. I receive everything that you have done for me. And I ask you to be my God. Because I know that by your blood, I am now forgiven. And I am now your child. I receive this in my simple, sincere way. For I ask it in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So I want to encourage the person that put up the hand to um, I congratulate you. Can we, can we give that person a big clap? Uh, and I would love to encourage you and, and I'm sure the leadership of this church would love to meet you and see what we can do to help you grow in your faith. And so it's important that after the whole service, if you can come and just come and see me or one or Pastor Kylie here in the right in front.